BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Dove and Dragon Radio. I'm your host, ML Luschuk. I'm here with special guest, Peter, and I'm going to have you pronounce your last name for our listeners. Honigman. Obviously, it's not an easy name, and I would easily butcher that. But you have this book out. Now, you didn't originally write it, but you bought the rights to it. Correct. But what led you into even wanting to get into this book? So it all starts back... um, Quite a few years ago, so 1984, when I started training in uh, martial arts, uh, my original instructor, John McSweeney, is the one who wrote this book. So I studied with him for a number of years and um, really liked kind of how we approach things. And as and over the years, as I've been studying martial arts and self-defense, uh, I realized that I really liked his approach to things, which is to simplify and make things easy. And, you know, this book came out uh, a number of years after um I was training with him because I left and went to school and did a bunch of other things. But then, you know, as I was reading through this book and as years progressed, I realized that it was kind of a unique book in that, you know, it it goes through and gives uh, real life examples of situations where people were attacked and used martial arts uh, to defend themselves. And the book uh, went out of print uh, and then the publishing company went out of business. So at some point it was available from the publisher just to a digital version. Uh, and then they went out of business and I found out about it. So they told me that the rights had reverted back to, to John's um, to widow. And so I was able to contact her and said that, and I really wanted to keep this book alive because I thought it was a great resource and you no know, testament to, to what John was teaching. And she was very gracious and, and sold me the rights to the book. And so when I got the rights to it, I was trying to figure out what to do with it. Um, I didn't have any original materials anymore. It's just the book itself. So, you know, I took what John did, and I just kind of, I guess, added to it. And that's kind of, you know, what I've, I'm putting out now. Hopefully in a couple of weeks, it'll be, it'll be finalized and available on my website. Awesome. I mean, with so, I've been in martial arts since I was six. My grandfather okay. started me with self-defense, judo, and then karate. Okay. And then I took a break when I got sick, and now I'm getting back into it. But at the same time, martial arts, self-defense is something everyone can benefit from. Absolutely. There is a, 
there's a there's always something that mm-hmm. you can get out of it, regardless of what you're, you know, what you really want. You can find something that'll that'll appeal to most people in some art. It doesn't matter if you're going for self-discipline. Doesn't matter if you want to go for self-defense. It doesn't matter if you just want to learn the art form because martial arts is an art form. So it's something for everyone, but it's something that has to be simplified to resonate with an individual. Very true. Um, and I think, you know, another thing that's key is it, there's the art itself or the style or whatever you want to call it, depending on what you're studying. And then there's the instructor because mm-hmm. uh, every instructor approaches things very differently. And I think that's part of the reason I got into teaching um, one, because I found I really enjoyed doing it as I was moving along and working with other people. But also there were times when I would find that I thought I could do a better job than some of the instructors I was working with. And I just don't think they're explaining it very well. So uh, that led me to really kind of go down this path as my, you know, kind of my second career, I guess, uh, my hobby job that I really enjoy doing. So it is it is a really a lot of fun. It is. You have to have that right instructor because you have the instructors that will go through the lesson, whatever you're learning very quickly and expect you to get grab spit or you have the ones that are one on one and will work with you and explain it in a way that a six year old can understand. Right. And if you find that, you know, then the way I teach is since I don't have a, a school, what you're seeing here is kind of my basement area. So where I do my private uh, instruction and, you know, I do go out and do, you know, seminars and things, but most of the time when I'm working with people, it's generally in a very short setting, so short period of time. So I don't have, these people don't have years to get this material down. So I have tried to simplify it as much as possible to give them what I think are the bare bones of what they could use and then hopefully take with them and practice, you know, on their own if they don't, you know, end up coming to see me anymore. And this is why the book's so important because even if you're just with them for a short period, they can take what you're teaching, have the written material there, which I'm assuming there's some pictures or something on how to do the exercise properly so you don't hurt yourself. (laughs) Yes. And, And you go and you have this backup even you don't have the instructor there every day. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, and part of the, uh, I think the failing of, of most books in this situation, like with any sort of physical skills or whatever, you know, you're trying to learn to do an activity. Books only and pictures can only show you so much. Um, mm-hmm. They give you a general idea, but uh, you really need more than that. And that's why, you know, working with instructors is great, but it's expensive, time consuming, a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So video, and that's the one, you know, that's my next kind of step, I guess, evolution is, you know, once I have this book to hopefully create a video companion, because I think that's going to give more three dimension. Uh, and I can explain more as I'm going along and not be limited by the, you know, the words on the page. That will be an excellent way. You do the video in like one chapter, whatever. I don't know your layout of the book because I haven't read it yet. <laughs> this is actually something I'm interested in as a martial artist. Mm-hmm. It's something that I needed for my own knowledge. But at the same time, if you have the written and then you have the video and then you do the podcast, now you give in dimension to what you're teaching. Absolutely. Yeah. Even if your audience can't connect with you because you're in a different state, city, country (laughs) yeah it's there yeah and you know with the with covid you know it's there's we're all dealing with the same kinds of issues you know having to do things remotely Mm -hmm. um that we sometimes prefer to do in person uh so i've been doing more uh remote 
instruction, sometimes with organizations or individuals, but, you know, you just have to adapt a little bit and uh, it's just different ways of learning and presenting information. Now, with you taking your mentor's book and republishing, are you thinking about writing your own as a companion to it? You know, um, I have lots of ideas of things I'd love to do. Uh, um, I don't know. I, I guess part of it is when I when I think about it with the, with the writing of the book. You know, since what I want to convey is you know self defense uh, tools, concepts, techniques. I don't feel that while I feel this book is good, I feel that these days, first of all, people tend to be more video oriented, right? They really like to see things rather than read a lot of the time. Uh, and two, I just think it's easier for me in a video format. And he actually did create a number of videos. So, you know, he was in the early days of cable. He had his own kind of show out here uh, that he was doing. Uh, I think it was called In Defense of Yourself. And so um, that was all on VHS. Um, but, you know, so the idea is I think that the video is help, more helpful because it's something you can go back and watch and you can see as people are doing things. And so for me, I think the book wouldn't be as useful a tool for most people that I teach, even though, you know, I, I think having that with the written is helpful for a lot of people. True. I'm, I'm a, I actually have to, I'm one of those weird people have to read it and then see it. That's mm -hmm. just how I learn. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm weird like that. You, you teaching me the how to do it before I read it doesn't click. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the same time, not everyone's weird like me and prefers the video or the one-on-one -on -one instruction first. Yeah. Uh, and I, I like it both ways. I mean, I certainly like to be able to read things as well because you, you could take in different things when you're, when you're reading and we all take in information very differently. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, having things where you can actually walk through it. Uh, I've also found that one of the problems I've had when I've tried to um, create outlines for people I'm instructing. And they're like, well, can you give me something to you know, remember this? So I sit down and I try to write it out. It's so difficult to describe things in a way it makes sense to me. But then as, I, as I've written it down, I read it back and like, I'm not sure that's going to make sense to somebody else. Uh, so I, I really have to think very hard about how I describe what I'm teaching people. It's, it's easy to show it, mm -hmm. but it takes so many more words to exactly say what I just did. It, it, yeah. As an author and knowing that showing someone how to do something and saying it in words is two different obstacles, regardless of what medium you're writing in, self-help, you know, anything. And if you look at car manual, you can watch a YouTube video. It takes two minutes. If you read how to do it, it takes an hour to read the chapter. Yes, very true. So it's just what medium resonates with the person, but we are grateful to have this medium back in print coming soon. Absolutely. Now, are you doing traditional publishing again? Or are you doing a self-publishing through your website? It'll be um, self-publishing, you know, for the main reason, just cost. Um, you know, I, I think there's an audience for this, uh, but frankly, I'm not sure how big of an audience there is. You know, if it turns out this is more popular than, than I'm thinking, and, and I have the time that I'd be, you know, more inclined to, to, you know, go and republish it and do the whole thing all over again, because that was one of the thoughts, which is to take the material that he had, mm -hmm. because, you know, the photos and everything and reshoot it all and just kind of recreate the book in a kind of a new format. So it's still something that's kind of in the back of my mind, depending on how, um, how much interest there is in, in, in what I put out. 
Oh, but that's very true. And then you have to have a publisher that would be willing to publish something from, you know, the past. Right. There's not a, very many publishers out there. I mean, I think Penguin Night and Trant Might, and there's a few other ones that might, but I'm not sure, 100% sure who they are. Yeah, yeah. It's a very kind of niche area. Mm-hmm. It is, but it's an interesting area. It falls under the self-help, self-defense, self-training, self-improvement. <laughs> so there is yeah. a niche for it. True. Yeah. No one knows how big of the niche is because, <laughs> you know, that's what right. the show's for. So we can figure it out for you. Well, and that's the thing, trying to get, uh, you know, uh, there is so many things out there when it comes to books or videos. You know, you go onto YouTube or wherever it is and you look for videos on, for example, self-defense. You, you, there's, you know, you just name it. There's the good, the bad, the ugly. And then you know, how do you figure out, you know, what's what's good material? Same with the books, because, you know, I have a large collection of martial arts and self-defense books. And the truth is, most of them, they have a little bit of knowledge that I think is useful. A lot of it I find not very helpful. Pictures are, as I found, very difficult and don't convey a lot. Me, having a lot of experience in yourself, having experience, mm-hmm. could probably figure it out. But other people will just pick it up for the first time. And even when you're reading, you look at the photo, you're like, I don't really understand what they're saying here. So, you know, I, there aren't a lot, I think, of well-written books. Um, and the other thing that I think where a lot of books fall down, and one of the things I tried to convey in this book as well, is that there is a legal aspect to it, you know, as you know, my main job is I'm an attorney. And so the legal aspect of things is important to me. So when I teach, one of the things I want my students to understand is there are legal ramifications to what you are doing. Mm -hmm. And you should appreciate that before you go out there and, you know, get into trouble and think that, you know, everything's going to be fine, just because you're like, I defended myself. Um, So I think that's lacking. And I tried to put those kind of legal considerations in the book, because there were certain situations where things were done that I think we're probably excessive. So I try to point those things out. Yeah, there's a, are you getting into a fight because you have this fight or flight response and you have to get them to fight? Or is it a true, you don't have a option other than defend yourself? Right. And, you know, some of these were, to me, they felt a little bit like ego, you know, someone Mm -hmm. bruised my ego. And so I felt I had to, you know, protect my ego by showing this person I was, you know, better than them. Uh, so that's, you know, that's certainly a recipe for disaster. Uh, yeah. And- it's, it's, are you sitting at a table and someone approaches you and tries to punch your lights out and you're defending right. yourself versus someone's arguing with you and, you know, you have the option of walking away before it escalates. Yes. Yes. And that's the one thing I try and convince people of is like, the, the best way to win a fight is not to get involved in a fight, right? If you have the ability mm-hmm. to, to de-escalate, to just leave the situation, to not make things worse, you're far better off than, you know, hey, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm a fighter. Like, well, that's great, but you could still lose. You could be the greatest fighter in the world and have a bad day, and everyone does. Or you could win and then still lose because now you're, you know, you're being charged with a crime or being sued in civil court or mm-hmm. both, and now you're going to have a really bad day. Yeah, it's okay, are you literally backed into a corner and your only way out of that corner is to defend yourself? Or can you like, walk away and just let them spew, spew the whatever negativity they're spewing? Absolutely. 
you have to be the have to be the bigger person. Uh, you have to just be able to have. And I think part of what's good about self defense is that I think it gives you confidence to know that if I have to do something, I can, but I don't have to do it. Exactly. I think that's one of the best lessons I ever learned was just because I know how to do something doesn't mean I have to do it. Right. Absolutely. Um, and with a legal background, with martial arts background, with everything I have my toe dipped in, it's the knowledge that if I need to get it out of the situation, I know how to do it. Do I look for those situations? No. <laughs> no. Absolutely. Uh. I mean, there's the training with instructors that only train because they want you to be in competitions mm -hmm. or there's the training. I just want the knowledge because if A or B or C happens, I want to be able to get out of the situation in one piece. Right. And that's that's a key point, too, because when people will ask me, so, you know, they come to a seminar, I, I give my presentation, they're like, well, how do I find the right school? I said, well, first you got to figure out what is it you want? Do you want to be a competitor? Because that's going to be a whole different mindset than I want to protect myself. And then, um, you know, maybe traditional martial arts aren't the way to go if you're looking more for, you know, self-defense, because they don't tend to be focused on the more practical self-defense, mm -hmm. um, but that's not always true either because uh, you go to some schools and they're more practical about how they, you know, say, this is how they, we teach it, but we have these, you know, approaches to dealing with current problems and, you know, um, muggings and that kind of thing. So it really is, you have to go and visit a school, talk to an instructor, um, listen to what they're saying and watch what they do and how they treat their students. Cause I've seen a lot of, a lot of instructors who treat their students very poorly. Actually, the, the best TV show I've ever seen to emphasize how to learn your instructor is Cobra Kai. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's, that's true. It's, a, it's an excellent show, and it does have some very interesting perspectives uh, from a change from what, you know, the original movies and now, you know, kind of who's the bad guy, who's the good guy. You know, it's but, not all black and white. Right. It's that. But at the same time, is how do you want to be treated as a student? Right. How do you want your instructor to treat you? And what kind mm -hmm. of school are you looking for? Yeah. It's not just so much watching it from the old, you know, 1980s films and right. where it was to where it is now, but it's more the mindset. Do you want to be trained by a Miss Miyagi versus mm -hmm. do you want to be trained by what they're doing now? Right, right. No, absolutely true. Uh, very different styles uh, of training and uh, how they treat their students. Yeah, so. it, it goes all goes to you have to interview your schools. I've walked into schools that just do training for competition. I'm not into it for competition. I'm in it for self-defense. So mm -hmm. obviously me going to a school that's for competition is not going to appeal for me whatsoever. Right. No, that's very true. Um, but and there are, of course, many schools. So you, mm -hmm. you really got, depending on where you're at, uh, there are, tend to be a lot of different types. Although, you know, from what I can tell, you know, right today, Taekwondo is still very popular. A lot of Taekwondo schools. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu has taken, you know, they're really um, quite a few of those. They really popped up all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, figuring out what do they do in that style? Does it fit you and your skill set as well as your goals, you know, that does require you to spend a little time and kind of figure it out. Right. There's more than one style. 
There's more than one school. There's more than just one mindset for your schools. It's all up to you. But at the same time, we have a book that says, okay, let's dip your toe in it and see where you want to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the thing I like about uh, his book is just that it covers so many different scenarios, um, which is kind of interesting. And I, I, I'm a little disappointed I didn't have the chance to actually sit down and talk to him about it because he passed away, uh, you know, a number of years ago before I had a chance to really just kind of sit down and kind of pick his brain about these things. Um, but, you know, he's taken, he, he took basically what were, you know, these different techniques and these are all the things kind of we were studying when I was with him. So mm-hmm. it seems like these had occurred with students, for the most part, from what I can tell, his students uh, had taken his training and used that in a practical way. And you like to see that. I mean, there's very few books out there when you read that say, yes, this is what we're, you know, this is the technique for dealing with a choke or a grab or something. And this is actually used in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a, a unique perspective. Right. It's like if someone's grabbing you from behind, putting an elbow in their face is perfectly legal. <laughs> yep, absolutely. But if you're just doing it because they're walking behind you and you don't feel threatened, now you're looking at legal ramifications to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, the other thing when, I, when I'm teaching people is like, you know, there is, there is no one response to any problem and the and the problem really arises when i talk to people who say well i carry a firearm I'm like okay that's that's great i mean but the firearm is not the answer to every problem when someone comes up to you and starts pushing you around you pull out your gun you're probably going to be in a lot of trouble because that's excessive force in most situations uh, so you need to have de-escalation skills you need to have skills that don't require you to use your firearm um, if you're pulling out a firearm, it's because someone's shooting or trying to kill you, not just because you're feeling threatened and you want to wave your gun around. Um, right. As a CCW know. owner, mm-hmm. I know when to use my firearm, and that is a last resort. 100% yeah, yeah. last resort. Yep. There are a hundred different things to do before that firearm comes out. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I learned most of those through martial arts. <laughs> That's true. You know, it, it, they, do, they give you all those other options um, because like, you know, one of the sayings, you know, if you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Right. Mm-hmm. So if your only option is you have a firearm, well, that's always well, that's my, my go to option. But uh, you need to have other resources there. You know, and the other thing you talk to people about is what are the other things I can, you know, if you don't want to carry a firearm, that's hey, that, that mm-hmm. makes sense to me. If you're not going to know how to use it, you're not going to practice, you're not going to train, then don't carry something like that. But think of other options, right? I can carry pepper spray, which is, you know, less than lethal, but very effective in most situations, or just other options out there that you need to consider depending right. on there's, your situation. There's pepper spray, there's uh, tasers, there's, you know, other, they have whistles, they have whatever mm-hmm. resonates with you if you don't want to carry a firearm. And I don't say for or against it as personal choice, but mm-hmm. at the same time, when you learn your martial arts for self-defense, now you're being given a hundred different ways to de-escalate a situation. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and that, again, you know, I think that's another thing that tends to be missing in most uh, martial arts schools, or mm-hmm. let's say more focused on self-defense schools, which is the de-escalation portion of it. Because um, I've been to some schools where it's like, all right, somebody grabs you, you hit them 27 times. I'm like, well, what if somebody grabs you and you're like, hey, 
we don't want to, we don't need to get into this. Let's uh, try and talk it out as opposed to let's go immediately to striking and striking and striking. So right. it's, can't assume hey, that. someone's grabbing you, you tell them, get off me first, yeah. you know, and then try to pull away. You don't go right into striking them. If you can just say a few words and get them to get off. Absolutely. Does that so always is- work? No. no, but at the same time, you know, okay, it didn't work. Now we can go into the next level. Yeah, it's, it's having those options, right? So you have to have options. You mm-hmm. need to be prepared at all levels, but having more than one option, right? So we can adjust as necessary. So being flexible and, and I think having the mindset that if I can't talk myself out of it, okay, I understand, but at least I should try if the opportunity is there. Right, you have to try to de-escalate before you get into a fight. You don't want to get into a fight, even if it's a hit and run. Mm-hmm. Literally, you hit someone, they're down there, you run. Yeah. Because that's always a great thing. You don't want to stand there and just you know, start fighting them because then there's legal things and you don't want the legal part involved. <laughs> no, you definitely do not. Uh, you know, there's a couple of good books out there um, that talk about you know, just kind of the legal aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so always worth reading, you know, and then there's books on de-escalation. So there are books, there's material out there on all sorts of uh, great aspects that uh, I think are worth, definitely worth reading and uh, having a better perspective on all around how to protect myself. And, you know, the things that people need to also focus on, the situational awareness, just, hey, I'm walking down the street, I should be aware of what's going on around me, who's in front of me, who's behind me, you know, I'm not just so focused on my phone that I don't know anything else. And I walk out in the traffic and get hit by a car, you know, not even right. being attacked by someone. Right. I mean, how many times have we heard that, hey, someone was on their cell phone and they were mugged? Exactly. Okay, let's put the cell phone away because we don't need it while we're walking to our car, walking to where we're walking to, put it away. Mm-hmm. Now you have situational awareness. Who is this person approaching me? Why are they approaching me? And how are they approaching me? There, there was a story, and I can't remember where it was out of now, um, maybe a year or two ago, and it was about a, a, a pair of people who were riding motorcycles, so wearing the dark helmets, and they would wait for people to come up to the curb on their phones. Mm-hmm. The motorcycle would ride up, passenger and back would grab whatever was in their hand, and they'd take off. The defense for that would be, hey, someone's pulling up, I take one step backwards, you can't grab anything, they're not getting off the motorcycle, you wouldn't have anything yanked out of your hands, but they were so oblivious that it was easy for them to just grab things and go and they were gone in a heartbeat. Yeah, less than 60 seconds, they're gone. Yeah. Actually less than that. But at the same time, if you put the phone away, now you're watching what's going on around you, you don't get yourself taken. Yeah, so many things that... Uh, that are actually fairly simple that really don't require you to have a black belt, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. it's just a common sense things that you have to put in action uh, on a daily basis. That is very true. Now we're, we are almost out of time. So where can our listeners find you, how to work with you on one-on-one or find your book? So all of those things can be found at bestdefenseconcepts.com. Um, that's going to be where the book's going to be available. Like I said, probably about two weeks. That's what I'm targeting right now. If anyone's interested in classes, individual or group lessons, you just go on there. You find information about me. You can contact me through my webpage. And I'm very good about getting back to people um, 
very quickly. And you are virtual, so you can actually teach virtually. Yay! <laughs> Absolutely. So I had a class uh, that was uh, a couple months ago when there was a company out in New York and they were having some trouble because they have a lot of uh, Asian employees who are just being randomly attacked. And they said, you know, we really want to give our employees some basic skills. And I said, you yeah, know, I'm happy to do that. So, you know, spend a, about an hour, give them as basic as you can, because again, you know, there's only so much you can do in a short period of time, but mm -hmm. you know, they seem very happy with that. That works. Companies need to do this, especially in our high crime neighborhoods that are popping up everywhere right now. But it was so good having you on the show today. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the time and letting me talk to your listeners. And for our reviewers and our listeners, stay safe. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.